sometimes referred to as communion, and sometimes also referred to as the Eucharist. Uh, that term Eucharist comes from the Greek word charis, which is most commonly translated into English as grace. Aren't you thankful for grace this morning? Aren't you thankful that God deals with us according to grace? The form of the term Eucharist uh, means to be grateful. We have a lot to be grateful for this morning. We really, really do. And certainly the Lord's Supper is a great reminder to us of that for which we can be most grateful. The atonement of the Lord Jesus Christ on the cross of Calvary through his shed blood and his crucified body. And as we begin a new year, it's good to remind ourselves to be grateful to God and to express that gratitude to him by thanking him, praising him, and blessing him. The psalmist gives himself just such an exhortation in Psalm 103. I'd invite you to turn there if you would. Uh, how many of you like post-it notes? <laughs> you know, I, I, I could almost have stock in the company for post-it notes. Uh, I use more and more of them as time goes on. I, I need reminders because we tend to forget. And the psalmist didn't have post-it notes back then, but he needed reminders, and he, he talked to himself. I imagine some of us talk to ourselves a little bit, and hopefully in a good way. And in Psalm 103, the psalmist is talking to himself. He starts out, and he's talking to his soul. He says, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. He reminds himself, don't forget to bless God, to praise God, to thank God, to worship God, to give God the credit for all the blessings that you have in your life. Don't forget God's benefits. And this morning as we gather about the Lord's table here, my prayer is that we would not forget God's benefits. And as we go through this psalm and look at it, we find that there are six main benefits that I would direct your attention to this morning uh, that we can be thankful for, that we need to remember. First of all, we can be thankful for the benefit of the fact that God cares for us. And we, we see how he cares for us, starting in verse 3. Uh, our God forgives all your iniquities. He heals all your diseases. Who redeems your life from destruction. Who crowns you with loving kindness and tender mercies who satisfies your mouth or, or, or your years with good things so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. Number one in the list, when you start thinking about the blessings and benefits we have from God, God forgives iniquities. God forgives sin. And that is relevant to each and every one of us here this morning because guess what? We're all sinners. We, we all are guilty of iniquity. Iniquity is to... Uh, twist something to, to make it crooked. We, we take some of the good things God gives to us and we, we twist them around. Sometimes we use the breath and the ability God gives us to speak and we say things we ought not to speak. But, but, but good news, forgiveness is available. 
through what Christ did for us on the cross of Calvary. We can be forgiven people. God forgives all of our iniquities through the shed blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. He also heals our diseases. Now, it's possible that when we see the word diseases here, it's talking about spiritual afflictions. Uh, and, and that certainly is a possibility as we look at this passage of Scripture. Uh, it, it could be a parallel with iniquities here. And, and thank God, he does take care of all of our spiritual afflictions. But it's also possible, and, and certainly true, that, that this could be referring to physical healing. Because all physical healing comes from God. Now, that doesn't mean that you and I are going to go through this life without being sick or without having uh, diseases or any illnesses. That's not why Christ died on the cross. But, but God made us with the capacity to heal. Aren't you glad that whenever you cut yourself or get some injury or break a bone, that God made the body with the capability of healing? Just think of everything we ever broke, everything we ever cut, every injury we ever had, we carried with us all through life, more than just as scars. We'd be in bad shape, right? I wonder how long our life expectancy could be if we didn't have the capacity to heal. And God is the healer of all that takes place. He's the great physician. You can go to any doctor you want to. A surgeon can cut you open. He can take out defective parts. He can put in new replacement parts. But, but it's only God that can and does give healing. And what a blessing that is from him. And thank God, one of these days, we are going to be healed from all of our diseases. In God's new order of things, when we get glorified resurrection bodies, there won't be any marks of sin. The curse will be lifted. The curse will be gone. And we'll be able to live in, in health and, and perfect life with the Lord forever and ever and ever. What a blessing from God that is. Well, we find it says God redeems our life from the, from the pit or, or from, from destruction. And David's talking here about the number of times that God had, had saved his life. Uh, David had uh, Saul chasing him all over the place at one point, trying to kill him. David was a shepherd that went up against lions and bears to protect his sheep. And, and God preserved him, and he remembers that. And, you know, I, I wonder if God would reveal it to us. It would be interesting to see how many times we have been this close to death. Have you ever gone by a, an accident on the road, a terrible accident? And if, if, you'd have been, if you'd have been just a minute sooner, you'd have been in the middle of that accident. Have you ever had a, a situation where you almost fell someplace, but, but you, you didn't quite? I, I wonder how many times God preserves our lives. In fact, you realize we are dependent on God for the next, next breath that we take. Every one of us is one breath, one heartbeat away from eternity. Our lives are totally dependent on God, and it's God that gives to us life. Not only does he give us life, but he, he satisfies us with, with, with good. He not only gives us, he gives us abundant life. John chapter 10 and verse 10, Jesus said, I'm come that you might have life and that you might have it abundantly. God wants that for his people. He doesn't want our life to be a drag. He doesn't want it to be a misery. And even when we go through difficulties and trials and tribulations in this life, 
as a follower of Jesus Christ, we can have joy even in the midst of that. We can have joy at all times. In fact, we're told, rejoice in the Lord when? Always. And God doesn't tell us to do things that he does not enable us to do. I kind of like this next part, and I gain more of an appreciation for it as the years goes on. He says, uh, he satisfies your mouth with good things, in verse 5, so that, so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. You know what he's saying there? He's saying that even in old age, we can soar like the eagles. Any amens to that? <laughs> you know, you can have a youthful perspective on life even when you get old. Yeah, I've, I've known some old, older folks that have, have just had the sweetest Christian spirit. The, 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 the most blessed walk with the Lord. And, and although they may be old, they, they've got a young perspective on life. They, they still want to serve the Lord. They still want to make their lives count for Christ. They're not ready to be in a rocking chair on a porch someplace and, and do nothing for God. And as I think about retiring in a few months myself, uh, I, I thank God. I don't have to just think about being warehouse someplace or or, or sitting around doing nothing. I want to continue to serve God. He, he gives me a desire to continue to teach His Word and preach His Word and minister to people, and maybe in some new capacities. But, folks, isn't it great that we can, can soar like the eagle? You know, our lives can really count. Our lives can count for something no matter where we are chronologically. Now, somebody has said it's kind of hard to soar like with the eagles when you've got to work with turkeys. But, you know, that... That, that's beside the point. But, but God gives us the capacity to really be used by him as long as he gives his life down here. By the way, in David's situation, he saved his life and preserved him and made his life count until it was finally time to call David home. There, there, there is a time that God does call us out of here. And I'm kind of hoping to hang on for the rapture when we all get called at the same time. But if that's not the case, we realize, even as believers, that when we die, it's to be absent from the body, is to be present with the Lord. What a great thought that is. We also read in verses 6 and 7, it says, The Lord executes righteousness and justice for all who are oppressed. He made known his ways to Moses and his acts to the children of Israel. God makes things right. And we, we think about Israel and all the time when they were in Egypt as slaves and and how they were oppressed and caused to build for Pharaoh and so forth, and how God raised up Moses, and how God produced those plagues, those ten plagues against the Egyptian deity, and eventually got Israel out of Egypt, took them through the wilderness, and then brought them into the promised land. God makes things right. If you look around the world today, that there's injustice. If you look around the world today, there's a lot of things that are wrong, a lot of things that aren't fair if this life's all there is. But God... God straightens things out. You know, we, we find that not only is to, can we thank God for his, his care for us, but one of the greatest benefits we have is the character of God. God does what he does because of who he is. I had a professor in seminary, Charles Smith, and he would always start his prayer, God, we thank you for yourself. And, you know, you stop and think about that. I am so thankful that God is who he is is that God's not like the devil 
that, that he's a, a loving. Well, we, we go on here and, and we read in verse 8, it says, this is who God is. This is his character. He's merciful and he's gracious. He, he is slow to anger and abounding in mercy. He'll not always strive with us, nor will he keep his anger forever. He has not dealt with us according to our sins, nor punished us according to our iniquities. For as the heavens are high above the earth, so great is his mercy toward those who fear him. As far as the east is from the west, so far has he removed our transgressions from us. First of all, God is merciful and, and gracious, and, and he's slow to anger. He's abounding in, in steadfast love. That's a whole lot better than, than God being vindictive and unforgiving and, and hot-tempered and selfish and, and uncaring. Thank God for who he is. One of the other great things God is is, is a, a forgiving God who has made it possible to not have to deal with us according to our sins. If God had to deal with us according to our sins, what would we be looking forward to? We would be looking forward to an eternal hell, wouldn't we? Without any hope at all. If God had to deal with us according to our sins. But his mercy is so great, it's as high above us as the heavens are above the earth. That's the kind of mercy that God has. Mercy means that God doesn't give us what we deserve. Grace, he gives us the good that we don't deserve. Mercy, he withholds from us what we do deserve. And in his grace and in his mercy, we find that he's done something remarkable. It says he has removed our sins as far from us as the east is from the west. Do you like that? I love it that, that when God looks at my record, the, the, the sins that were written down there are all taken out of that record. And they are so far removed from that record that they'll never be brought up against me again. In fact, the sins that were on my record have been nailed to the cross and the songwriter says, I bear it no more. Praise the Lord, praise the Lord. Oh, my soul. It's a great thought. He's made it possible to not have to deal with us according to our sin. He's a compassionate father toward those who fear him. That, that's our God, merciful, slow to anger, makes it possible to not have to deal with us according to our sin. We find he's contrasted with man. In verse 15, it says, As for man, his days are like grass. As a flower of the field, so he flourishes. For the wind passes over it, and it's gone. And his place remembers it no more. But the mercy of the Lord is from everlasting to everlasting. On those who fear him and, and his righteousness to children's children to such as keep his covenant, and to those who remember his commandments to do them. Man's temporary, life is fleeting. Uh, in Scripture, we find life compared here to the, to the grass that grows up, and then it burns, and it's dried up, and it's gone. Life's compared to a, a vapor. Our life down here is a, a, a short thing. It's just a short time. Aren't you glad there's an eternity to look forward to? And this life is not all that there is. In contrast to that, our God is eternal. In fact, not only does it say here, our God is eternal. It says His mercy is eternal. We have a God who's merciful forever and ever and ever. And oh, how we can thank Him for that. And, and it says here that 
his mercies from everlasting to everlasting and it says on true for those who fear him and it says his righteousness to children's children what's that children's children is what that's grandchildren anybody here have grandchildren anybody here love your grandchildren anybody here ever worry about your grandchildren get concerned about what 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 it's going to be like in this world for your grandchildren Sometimes you look at some of your grandchildren, and maybe they're little rascals. And, and, and say, okay, what's going to ever happen with them? I got good news. God's mercy and God's grace is just as good for our grandchildren as it is for us. Aren't you glad for that? That's what he's talking about here. God loves our grandchildren even more than we do. And he'll take care of them. He's everlasting. We're going to pass off the scene one of these days. One of my goals in life is to build into the lives of my, my grandchildren as much as I can in this lifetime. I had the uh, privilege to attend the funeral service for Lisa Hill's dad uh, this past week. And uh, his grandchildren were ministering at that service. And uh, Melissa... Uh, I think the oldest grandchild, she's the oldest. I know she's Tim and Lisa's oldest, but I wasn't sure about the brother that, that was involved here. But as I heard her talk about our grandpa being a man of God, what he did in her life, that touched me. And, and, and it, it burdened me that, God, that's what I want to be. That's what I want my grandkids to, to see me as, being, being fun and being enjoyable and and do a little to spoil them rotten, but also straighten them up when necessary. I love the fact that she talked about when, when, when she and Caleb and Brittany and Peter would, would act up a little bit. Can you imagine those kids acting up? Hard to believe. But you know what their grandpa would do? He had them do push-ups. I think it started with 10. I thought, that's a great idea. I love that. I love that. So I, I, I don't want to be soft on them, but, but above everything else, I want my grandkids to remember that I've taught them to bless the Lord in their soul, because I bless the Lord in my soul. You know, we, we can have a lasting legacy, because we have an eternal God who works in the lives of our grandkids, too. God's in control. Verse 19 says that, that he has established his throne in heaven and his kingdom rules over all. I am so glad that God is the one that is in control. Uh, I'm glad it's not me that's in control. Sometimes I want to be, but I'm glad I'm not. I'm glad you're not in control. I'm glad it's God that's, not in, that's in control. I'm glad the Democrats aren't in control. I'm glad the Republicans aren't in control. I'm glad that Vladimir Putin's not in control. I'm glad that that kook over in North Korea is not in control. I'm glad that God's in control. His throne is in the heavens. It's above the earth. And we can count on him for that. He's sovereign. His kingdom will never be overturned. His promises will never be nullified. His guarantees are good for all of eternity. And the salvation that he gives to us who trust in Jesus Christ will never be taken away. God stands behind his promise.
promises and his promises if we'll trust and pray we will have eternal life he'll forgive all of our sin passage also talks here about God's co-workers in verse 20 it uh, calls the psalmist calls upon the angels says bless the Lord you as angels who excel in strength who do his word heeding the voice of his word bless the Lord all you his hosts you ministers of his who do his pleasure now angels are God's co-workers but the angels certainly are not on the same level as God God is their creator God is not just a, an exalted angel Jesus is not just an exalted angel he's the eternal God creator and the, the angels were brought into existence by God and and, and the psalmist calls upon the angels here to bless God. Angels are powerful. It speaks about them here as, as having great strength. Compared to us, angels are mighty and we're pipsqueaks. But, but the angels are his servants. They're spirit beings. And they exist to serve God and, and to do his will. And I'm thankful for one thing in particular that's part of, of God's will for the angels. In, in Hebrews chapter 1, verse 14, it says here that, that part of his will for the angels is that the angels are to serve for the sake of those who are to inherit salvation. You know who that is? That's me. <laughs> That's you. If you know Christ as Savior and you've inherited salvation, you've trusted Christ as Savior, your sins have been forgiven, you've been given eternal life, you've got angels watching over you. And you know, we don't see them. They're spirit beings. But God uses angels to work in us and through us and to watch over us and take care of us. You know, we find as we, we look on in verse 22, all the creation is called upon to bless God. Bless the Lord all his works in all places of his dominion. Bless the Lord, oh my soul. All of God's works are called upon to bless him. And, and he deserves all of creation to praise him because he's the creator of all. He has dominion over all. And as part of our creation, we're called upon here to bless the Lord. No matter what you do in your life, no matter whether you, where you go in your life, no matter whether you're experiencing good things, bad things, disappointments, or encouragement, here's what God wants from us. Bless the Lord, oh my soul. Praise Him. Give thanks to Him. Honor Him for all of His benefits. Don't forget His benefits because there's something going on in your life where you're not getting what you would like to have where you've been throwing a curveball in life, you're going through some difficulty, some disappointment, our God is still worthy of our blessing, our praise, our honor, our salvation, and above everything else, I pray that as we gather about the Lord's table, we remember that he forgives all of our iniquities through the Lord Jesus Christ. Father, thank you for your goodness to us. Thank you for who you are. Thank you for loving us. Thank you for loving the, those in our family for generations to come. And Lord, help us not to forget all of your benefits. Father, help us especially to praise you today for Jesus and what you did through him dying on that cross at Calvary as we remember today his shed blood, his pierced body. God, I pray we'd give you the praise that you deserve. For we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen.